Welcome to a New Testament journey. We'll have our Bible reading followed by our devotional. Chapter 12 I must go on boasting. Although there is nothing to be gained, I will go on to visions and revelations from the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven. Whether it was in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And I know that this man, whether in the body or apart from the body, I do not know, but God knows, was caught up to paradise and heard inexpressible things, things that no one is permitted to tell. I will boast about a man like that, but I will not boast about myself, except about my weaknesses. Even if I should choose to boast, I will not be a fool, because I would be speaking the truth. But I refrain, so no one will think more of me than is warranted by what I do or say, or because of these unsurpassingly great revelations. Therefore, in order to keep me from being conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I have made a fool of myself, but you drove me to it. I ought to have been commended by you, for I am not in the least inferior to these superior apostles, even though I am nothing. I persevered in demonstrating among you the marks of a true apostle, including signs, wonders and miracles. How were you inferior to the other churches, except that I was never a burden to you? Forgive me this wrong. Now I am ready to visit you for the third time. I will not be a burden to you, because what I want is not your possessions, but you. After all, children should not have to save up for their parents, but their parents for their children. So I will very gladly spend for you everything I have and expend myself as well. If I love you more, will you love me less? Be that as it may, I have not been a burden to you. Yet crafty fellow that I am, I caught you out by trickery. Did I exploit you through any of the men I sent to you? I urged Titus to go to you, and I sent our brother with him. Titus did not exploit you, did he? Did we not walk in the same footsteps by the same spirit? Have you been thinking all along that we have been defending ourselves to you? We have been speaking in the sight of God as those in Christ, and everything we do, dear friends, is for your strengthening. For I am afraid that when I come, I may not find you as I want you to be, and you may not find me as you want me to be. I fear that there may be discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, slander, 
gossip, arrogance and disorder. I am afraid that when I come again, my God will humble me before you and I will be grieved over many who have sinned earlier and have not repented of the impurity, sexual sin and debauchery in which they have indulged. Paul reaches back over his shoulder, brushes his fingertips on his quiver and selects his final arrow. He has been assaulting the posing, self-interested, fleshy manner of doing ministry and he has nearly killed it off. As he pulls back the bowstring, he has whittled everything down to the simplest of choices, service or employment. Employment is fine in many contexts, but not as a mindset about relationships. Employment is based on an exchange of services for goods. I do this and that for you, and you give me something or other in return. That is how the super apostles did their relationships. They visited and vanquished and vied for affection so they could extract value from their friends. They built relationships so they could use them for their own ends. But that is not the way of Jesus. Jesus approached the little boy, not because he wanted his bread and fish, but to show the boy how he could be used by God to feed 5,000. Jesus didn't want money from the rich young ruler. He wanted him to be freed from his superficial obsession with wealth. Jesus invested in the disciples for the sake of us all. And so the mark and mindset of Christ-like relationships is service. It is finding people and really committing to their good. It is saying that I'll very gladly spend for you everything I have and expend myself as well. It's a dangerous, wide-open-hearted way to live. People let you down. People you have wedded yourself to can hurt you and embarrass you and humble you. To continue in this kind of life, you end up prizing things like thorns in the flesh. You begin to treasure things that humble you because you see that God uses humility to keep you in service. It's a weird thing, isn't it? Weakness feels so awkward and discouraging. Popularity and strength feel so wonderful. And yet Paul lets his arrow fly to kill off the super apostle's obsession with strength. Because when I feel strong, I think I deserve stuff. Jesus sent the thorn in the flesh to puncture Paul's pride in his power. Paul let his arrow fly to collapse the Corinthians' capacity for conceit. God wants you humble in your relationships, to serve without demanding stuff back. Where are you at with that? What are you treasuring today? Let's pray for Paul's arrow to pierce our hearts as well. Here is a question for reflection. If you're really honest, do you build relationships with people because of what you can get from them or because of what Jesus wants you to give to them? We pray God's word bears fruit in your life. For all the information about the New Testament journey, head to www.anewtestamentjourney.net.